Well, hello and welcome to In the Growth Space. This is the show for business owners and leaders who have a thirst for growth. My name is David McGlennon and I'm your host. I really appreciate you tuning in today. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. This podcast is all about growth in a variety of different ways, business growth and, and team growth and personal growth. And I really enjoy talking with people who've who've gone their own growth journey and and I can learn from because I love hearing other people's stories and sharing them with you, our listeners. So welcome. Now, today we're going to talk about and focus on personal and business growth. And there's something in this episode for everyone. We can't have business growth without growing ourselves. And that means getting uncomfortable. You know, the last episode, we talked about growing our, our sales and and then I, we talked about that that feeling when a salesperson is is pushing you towards something rather than helping you make that decision on your own. And and so why do we resist? Why is that that we do resist and we have that feeling inside of us? It's because making decisions can be uncomfortable and it means something's going to change and change creates an, a discomfort within us. So then we sometimes just don't decide, we hesitate. But if we begin to expose ourselves to uh, uncomfortable situations, we're going to be better at, at being comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's one of the objectives of Turning Point. That's what it's all about. We give you the space at Turning Point to understand your own human psychology and then you get to experience it and notice what comes up for you in the experiential component of the retreat at the ropes course. And it's really one of the reasons why I'm bringing it to the USA again. You know, Paul Martinelli has has done this uh, retreat all over the world, and he hasn't done it for three or four years. As a matter of fact, I think he was trying to uh, actually retire it, but it's so powerful for growth. And if you want to grow, this is the event that will give you the tools to do it. So I invite you to check out the registration site at davidmcglennon.com forward slash turning point, And we'll have that link in the show notes. So today I'm talking with Mary Jervich. She is the CEO and founder of My Promotion Plan, which is a company that's on a mission to empower women worldwide to unlock their innate leadership potential and advance in their careers holistically. She supports professional women by helping them design their own career paths. She also partners with entrepreneurs and corporations to create inclusive and sustainable cultures. And I met Mary at a recent mastermind event that I was at with Paul Martinelli. And I knew that this would be a great person to have on this show. And, and I thought it would be great to have Mary on during Women's History Month because she just released a book that that we discuss on the on the podcast here today. And, and her mission then is to empower women and, and empower them worldwide and, and, and unlocking their innate leadership potential. So this is a great conversation for both men and women. So let's go ahead and get into that conversation right now. Well, Mary, it's great to have you here in the growth space and um, looking forward to this conversation today. Thank you, David. I'm excited to be here and have the opportunity to share and serve. You know, I often say here on the podcast that I love to hear stories of growth. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, you've had a, an amazing story of growth. And I know that you've, you know, had struggles, you know, in, in your life. And I love hearing struggles because that means that we're all human because we all go through those struggles. So, you know, what, what in your personal journey, you know, was the biggest growth catalyst for you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it's so funny because right when you're when you're kind of like living life, you kind of got like this tunnel vision. You can't really see how things are playing, but when yeah. you look and you turn behind and you kind of can connect the dots, yeah. you can kind of see these things. And I think you know one of the biggest breakthroughs and turning points was just understanding how our minds work. Mm. I had the opportunity to see Dr. Bruce Lipton speak, and it was life changing for me. I mean, completely life changing for me. Like 
I was sobbing um, as he shared how our minds work and how the subconscious works. Because yeah. in that moment, I, I, I got this sense of freedom because I could make a new choice. I could make a new way. Mm. And my whole life, I had been telling myself, like, Mary, you're not capable of writing. You're not capable of spelling. Like, Because mm-hmm. I struggled as a six-year-old. And so I would continue that pattern and these thought patterns. And I was in like this, these negative loops. And when I was able to break that down, it kind of like started to take the limits off of my life. And so it really just opened things up. And I, it, it it sounds so simple because people are like, oh, spelling, like, and some of you are like, oh my gosh, yes. Right. But others of you are like, really? Like that was really debilitating. It's like, yes, it would like prevent me from applying for a job or believing that I could. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was intelligent enough to go to college. So I wasn't even going to try. I was going to go and be a masseuse. And so like really debilitating beliefs of, of everything. Like, can I really do this? Can I really do this? I I mean, Mm -hmm. even making like posts on social media, sometimes people would come back with comments and all these things. And so Mm -hmm. having, hearing this information and in that moment, when I heard him say how our beliefs are formed, I just decided like, I am capable of reading and writing and spelling. And it it changed my life because I now was in a different direction with a different focus. And I had a long way to go at that point. I could only read like 150 words a minute, but thanks to Jim quick, you know, I took some of his programs and I was able to quadruple that. And it's like, this is just, it's like a whole new world. So where I went from ever reading, like, I don't know, five or six books in my whole life, I was able to read like hundreds now. Wow. That's yeah, that is something else. I mean, I, a couple of weeks ago, I had on my podcast somebody who literally just learned to read like within the last seven or eight years. And I think those of us who have read for a long time take it for granted at what richness there is in in in, in books and the power of that. And so now speaking of books, you know, now you have written a book. So you go from, you know, not thinking that you can spell to actually writing a book. Like, how did that happen? Yeah, it, it's crazy. And it was like, literally, I'm in this moment. And I just decide like, hey, I can now do these things. And at that same time, I was studying and there's like, there's all these cluster of things together. I was studying how learning works, Mm. because we were redoing our course at work. And I really I mean, I was studying for like a couple of years, because I wanted to get this right. We had made online courses and online courses, but our doctor's success was so important to me. I'm like, I have to get this right. Mm. And so I was studying and I came across this video one day that basically says, like, if you have fear, as a child, or even as an adult, if you have fear, it can block the learning. Uh, And this was after I'd heard Bruce, probably like a month after or something. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, okay, this is my truth. Um, It just so happens at the time I was six years old, I was molested. mm. And that just it it just it, it changed me It, Mm -hmm. it, I held on to the shame and the guilt and it affected my whole life up until you know, I was 35 years old. I hadn't even told my parents about this. You know, I'm just oh like, well, it's just going to crush my mom. What good is this? Like, why, why should I even share this with the world? But I didn't know how much healing I really needed to do because before that I was kind of like this secretive person. I couldn't even tell vulnerable stories. Like uh, there's no way I could share that with you. I wouldn't want to share wow. anything, David, that yeah. was vulnerable. I just, I had to put on this perfect facade and it was so hard. I was like, everything was just this challenging battle. But since walking through this healing journey and just understanding, just, just accepting things as our truth and just saying, it doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I, I've had great editors and people. I've hired a great team to make sure mm-hmm. that the book was going to be amazing because we can ask for help. That's okay. We don't have That's to do right. everything at our own strength, That's but right. just having that, that seed of belief and the fact that God had given me something, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just kind of came to fruition. And when I started writing the book, I didn't, it wasn't, God wasn't even going to be in the book. It was a book about career advancement. I had just recently niched down to helping women because I was discovering the different challenges that women were facing that and how it was different from men. So I thought, okay, well, let me, let me help women. Cause I'm a woman. I face these challenges. I'm understanding this better. And then after I got the manuscript wrote, he's like, I'm supposed to be in the book. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> wait, wait, you can't do that. Yeah, I'm like, this must be like my perfectionism, you know, procrastination technique. Like, let me just make it way bigger than it needs to be. So that way the book will never get published. Like yeah, that's yeah. what we'll do. And, and, you know, I just, I, I don't know. There's just 
I just feel like obedience is really important. We don't, it wasn't my strength. I say at that point, I became mm. a co-author with the Holy Spirit. So oh, very cool. That's, um, that's so not cool. my strength, like all the glory to God for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a little bit about, so the, the book is, is really about women's career advancement. And so what got you in, you know, like interested in that and, you know, was it part of the, your own personal journey or something else? Yeah. So years ago, I didn't really believe that I could be an executive, right? Once mm, again, I'm like sitting yeah. here, my husband and I would have these conversations all the time. He would tell me all the reasons I was capable. And mm. I would be like looking at the little mistakes that I made or like the one detail I didn't have in the person. And, you know, belief is so important because what, what we believe about ourselves, we will live into yeah. and what we don't believe we won't. And so there was this day I was at a leadership meeting and I uh, stood up from the meeting and I said, I'm going to be the next chief operating officer at this company. And I told this to the then chief operating officer and I told the CEO and they're like, you know, the CEO is like, yeah, you should do that. And I'm thinking like, David, like at least 10 <laughs> years, right? At least sure. 10 years, like no pressure, right? I just right. made this new belief. And wow. three months later, the position opens up. Wow. Yeah. And so I knew like I had to go and talk to my boss about this because previously we had hired managers. We had hired different people. The person that was actually leading me at the time, I actually helped them to grow their business and train them. Wow. So, so I'm like, I have to go down the hallway, right? Because I can't just put another ad out for somebody else. I'm not going to help hire somebody. I have to go and ask for this position. Yeah. So I go into my boss's office and I ask him for the position and He's like, well, we're not really sure that you're right for the position. Others not sure, aren't sure that you can lead, but if you could do the job, then we'll give you the pay and the title. Hmm. But I didn't really understand, you know, I, I was having a hard time. Like I had a clear vision for the future of the company, but I had a hard time communicating that. Uh, okay. But in my own role, I was already successful. I was named team member of the year, the year before. Okay. I had the largest and most successful coaching load at the time. So uh -huh here in my mind, I'm like, well, okay, well, how am I supposed to lead this team? They didn't want to necessarily be led. People don't generally like change. One woman said, I don't want an, another woman manager. Oh, no. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? Yeah. So I was at work one day on my day off racking my brain, like, how is this going to work? And um, my husband calls me and he says, Mary, my company's going in a different direction. I think I'm going to lose my job. Oh, wow. Oh, my husband, the breadwinner is yeah. going to lose his job. We just had our fourth child and I can't get a promotion. Like, oh what are goodness. we going to do? Yeah. And that's what God told me. He's like, Mary, make a plan. Mm. And so I just told my husband, I'm like, everything's going to be fine. And I went to work putting down all my ideas on paper mm. and really painting the vision of what could what is possible, right? Like what we needed yeah. to do and why we needed to do it. Mm. And through this process, I turned it in a few weeks later. You know, my boss came to my door right away and he's like, This is so impressive. When are we talking about it? I'm like, tomorrow, right? <laughs> I had no clue. I'm like, right. okay, is this is this even a thing? And yeah. uh the next day I was made vice president of operations. Fantastic. And so wow. another year and another plan later, chief operating officer, another year and another plan later. I really only made it because the plans worked so well in implementing in one hour, I could get all my ideas for the year approved. So I could just wow. get the work, no yeah. more endless meetings. And that's when I was made a partner and told I was on track to be CEO in one to two years. Wow. Um, and David, I'd started teaching other people these plans yeah. and they too were able to earn promotions and raises when they weren't able to earn them in the past. Mm. And they were able to get prom much larger promotions than traditional promotions. Mm. And it's, it's because we're adding value back into the company. Uh -huh. And so that's when I knew I wanted to share it with other people. Helping women came a little bit later in the journey in 2019, when I turned in that other plan and was encouraged to, you know, became a partner and told to be CEO in one to two years. They also encouraged me to open my own business. So <laughs> okay. that's why I have my business today. It's, it's crazy. Nice. It's this crazy, nice. amazing world. And so I just started helping everybody and that all of my, my clients ended up being women. Mm. And, okay. you know, I would be interviewing people too, David, and I would see kind of this trend of these amazing women that would come in. They were asking for very low pay, mm. even though they had a ton of experience. 
Mm. And I just knew I'm like, what is wrong? Because I would have guys that would come in and it's not, it's not a, I, I don't think it's either what is right is what is wrong, right? Yeah. Like guys aren't wrong for valuing themselves higher. That's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Girls aren't necessarily wrong for valuing themselves less, but there is a divide. And why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And when I started to look into it more, I started to understand why. And that's when I knew I was having some of those limiting beliefs before David. So I mm. also wanted to help people. I was also having challenges, yeah. right? You would think, oh, she was team member of the year. She had the largest and most successful coaching load. She was in the position leading up to the position. Why wouldn't she get it? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. but there's implicit biases. There's a number of different biases that unfortunately secretly disadvantage women. And so Mm -hmm. we have to do something differently. And that's the advantage of the promotion planning process that I teach. But that's how I came to teaching this and came to teaching women. You know, that's, that's really uh, fascinating. And I'm I'm really glad, you know, we're kind of going down this road here for just a little bit. So I, I guess one of my questions that just kind of popped into my head was kind of talked a little bit about this prior to hit and record, but, but this is where, this is where my curiosity was going and just all transparency. I always do this. I start talking with the guest and I'm like, wait, 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 we got to hit record <laughs> because this is too good. But you know, what is it that like men can learn and where can men grow in? You, you talked about biases and I'm sure that those biases are, are programmed into probably both men and women how do we how do we overcome that? Because you talked about limiting beliefs, and and you know what I know about limiting beliefs is those are also programmed into us. So how do we get past that programming? And 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 I guess how how can we all grow from you know what you know? Yeah, that's a really great question, David. So there's a few things that we can do. The first thing is just to let our guards down. Mm-hmm. Um, we have it. We are all biased, men yeah. and women alike. Right. Uh, there was a study done where math tests were scored um, and the the boys outperformed the girls Mm. on the test. When the names were removed, the girls outperformed the boys on a math test. Wow. Right? On a math test. Yeah. All of the teachers were women. So this is not a man versus woman. This is just part of our our makeup. And we need to Mm. have our unconscious decision-making is really important. It's how Mm -hmm. we can be efficient in our days. We're not having to think about how to tie our shoes. We're not having to think about, you know, where the cereal goes in the, in the cupboard. And, um, you know, it it makes it really easy because we just have these automatic reactions to things, right? Something's Mm -hmm. coming, we swerve. Mm -hmm. And, And so it's really great. But what happens is, that we have biases that we're not aware of. And most right. of our biases, we're not aware of them. They're just on autopilot. Yeah. And so what we can do is let our guard down and not see it as an attack. That mm. is one of the biggest problems that we have is the majority of leaders, right? 80% of leaders, executives and organizations, they are males. Yeah. Most of them are white males. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this isn't an attack on white males, yeah. but it can feel like one. Sure. So we have to, we have to say internally, like, this is not an attack on me, right? Because our egos come into play and we have to just say, I want to make a difference. Like Mm -hmm. I am in control of my decisions. I want to see if maybe I've not known something and I'm missing because the problem that we've seen David historically is generally when we're aware of something, we actually make better decisions. Awareness usually helps us. It's the opposite with bias. Unfortunately, when we know that there's a bias, we usually want to act more like our in-group. So we have to not only want to Mm -hmm. discover more about the biases that affect women, um, Mm -hmm. but we also have to want to change. Mm, And that's a personal decision. It's almost like before you go in, it has to just be like, okay, like, let me see here. Like, even if I don't think that I'm consciously doing these things, Mm -hmm. could we put systems in place that would prevent them from happening? Because we see this with um, resumes that are submitted. Whenever resumes are submitted, men's resumes are accepted more often Mm. when the names Mm. are taken off. Right. So they have like identical resumes they'll put in and the male names will get picked more. When the names wow. are taking off, it, it, it takes out the bias. Yeah. So we have to we have to have systems in place. And so for hiring 
and promoting. There have to be systems in place. Um, that's one thing that also helps women is when there's systems in place, because women tend to have more and not all women, but many women tend to have more of a fixed mindset mm. where men have more of what we just would call a growth mindset. So what would happen, David, is if you would go in to ask for a job and maybe the pay wasn't what you wanted, you would ask for more or you would suggest something else like, mm. hey, well, there's this fund over here. Could we use this money? Right. Mm. Where the woman goes in, they're offered a pay. We just say, OK, we just accept it. We're grateful to have that. So I think like there's there's work to do for for uh, for women. There's work we need to do. We need to yeah. believe in ourselves. We need to negotiate more. We need to do these things. but. For men, we also need to know about what the biases are and yeah. how those things are affecting us and put systems in place, not just yeah. with hiring, not just with advancement, but with personal development. And, and, and do you think that, Mary, do you think that approach, so, you know, men would, you know, look, you know, look for a way, ask for more uh, and women, not so much. I mean, is, is that part of our bias as well? Is that part of our like ingrained belief? Is that something that, you know, we're believing about ourselves that's, that's different between men and women? Yeah. So socially, we're just raised differently. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I like to, you know, cause this isn't a, man versus woman thing. Right. If you look at different countries, right? Yeah. Well, there's different cultures. Well, why right. are there different cultures? Because people are raised differently. Yeah, sure. And so we believe differently. Mm. It doesn't change how we feel in our hearts and what we necessarily want, yeah. but there, there is this kind of perception of, you know, like I didn't realize it. I, I mean, my goal growing up, I wanted to have a husband and have five kids and I wanted to be coach. Like yeah. I, I didn't have a career aspiration. Really. I was yeah. like, you know, mm. I needed to work though, because I was a single woman and that yeah. happens. So it's like, yeah. there's single moms or single women. And so society in the way that we raise our children has, mm. has a big impact, but what do we see on social media? What do we see in the media? Yeah. The media is huge. What movies are you watching? Well, Unfortunately, most of the lead characters are male and you see more often they're represented in a career position. They're either shown at work or you know what their job title are or, or they're a leader. Yeah. The women most often aren't seen in that role. They're most often seen in a lead partner's role. They're yeah. seen in the home. They're seen taking care of children or they're sexualized. It, uh, it's not, yeah. it just is what it is, but sure. we can change it. Yeah. Right. And they are, right. they are people are like waking up to it and saying, Hey, let's make a real change. But it really, um, what I would say is if you're watching this, like start with yourself, Yeah. don't think like, Hey, it can't change because well, how we're never going to change this. No, if you change, like you've done what you can do, mm -hmm. like, cause your change will impact another person. Yeah. And so yeah. that's the, we're really the person we can change. And a lot of, there are companies out there that are making changes like mm -hmm. Salesforce was one of the companies they went in, they did a full audit inspection and they looked like, where are their disparities? Mm. And they fixed them. Oh, that's awesome. So not yeah. only did they say, we're going to look, but we're also going to fix it. Fix it yeah. um, and then make sure we're not, it's not happening into the future. Yeah. And companies that do have diversity in their leadership and their executive mm. boards, they are 30, like they're more successful. Mm, yeah. So yeah. like I say, God created us to work together. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's shift gears for just a second. So thinking about work, you, I'm not recalling where I read this, but I think it might've been in your book. Maybe it might've been in the intro or something. You were talking about being a workaholic, a Christian workaholic. So talk a little bit about that and like, how, what was the shift for you? How did, how did that shift affect, you know, like the book that you wrote? Yeah, I was definitely a workaholic. If I'm not careful, I can <laughs> turn into one now. But I, I try to I definitely try to have balance now. So basically, you know, when we fear our boss, mm. when we fear not having money, it, it's like, like, it's not like I was saying, Oh, money, you are my God. Mm. But when my focus isn't on living out the way that God is telling me to live, yeah. And I'm not trusting, right? Because we think, well, 
oh, we got to work so hard. We got to do more. We got to be seen. And, and that was kind of where my value was coming from. My value was coming from people saying, Mary, you did a great job today. Like, oh, wow, this client had a success. Like that's where my value was coming from. Mm. And so I would need to have this adrenaline pump, like Mm -hmm. all the time, right? Like you, you can't get enough of that. And you didn't want anything to slip. So it's Mm. like, you got to just work and work and work. And I thought overworking, right? They tell you work hard, you'll be noticed, work hard, work hard, have a good Mm. attitude, work hard. Yeah. And it's like, that's exhausting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the studies show it doesn't actually produce greater work. We actually need to have more balance. And so I went on this journey. Um, because I set a lot of goals in my life. Once I learned about goal setting, you know, like how set big goals. I set a lot of goals. Yeah. But I set this goal in my life that said, I just want to have Jesus at the center of my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just the center of my life, deep in my heart. That was my goal. Yeah. And when I focused on that, mm-hmm. I I could understand the Father's love. I started to understand His love. Mm-hmm. I understood that my worth and my dignity comes from Him. It's not about a title. It's not about a paycheck. It's not about any of these things. God will provide these things. He knows that we have needs. He wants us to be successful. He wants us to, he wants to use us. He will promote us. I think promotion does come from the Lord, Sure. but there it's not always the way that we want it. Yeah. But when we get so tied to it, I remember going to interviews before and like, I didn't get the job and I would be like, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Right. Like, and I didn't really want that job. (laughs) but I wanted them to want me, right? That job was not going to be good for me. And it's like, well, and so what you realize this, it's like, well, God, God answers our prayers, but he is only going to turn things for us that are for his greatest good. Yeah. And so when he's working in the hearts and the minds of people, like he knows the better way, right? It says we make our plans, but he directs our steps. Yeah. yeah. And so he, he knew when I went to get that one job, that wasn't the one I needed. Because there was going to be this other job coming up at this wellness center that is the job that he really needed me to be in, even though it doesn't make logical sense, right? It made no sense. I was like going backwards. I used to be in the restaurant industry, now working for this doctor. But it's like, without going into that place, I would have never been on the journey I am today. Well, and and and. And that, that reminds me of, a, of a, a, a line in your book, I think, that you talked about flowing over striving. And so I'd love for you to kind of talk a little bit about that, because it sounds like that's where you made the shift. You're really flowing in, you know, really letting God, you know, take and move you in, in places. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so flowing over striving. So, so striving it really, it, it's us. It's us doing everything in our own power with our own energy. It's us having to worry. Do we have the right tool, right? We, when we're stressed and in fear mode, we're mm-hmm. buying everything around us. Like we need, especially if you're a business owner, you're like, I need all of this stuff because this is what's going to make me successful. Like yeah. we're, we're living in lack and fear and we are trying to do everything in our own strength. So we're always like busyness is our friend. Because mm-hmm. then we're like, okay, we're productive, we're busy. And, and it, it's just, it's pushing and pushing and pushing where flow is, you know, hard things are going to come in, but we're going to say, God, give me your grace. God, mm-hmm. bring me peace in this. Hey, God, give me, can I have some wisdom today? Would you give me your wisdom? And mm-hmm. more so than even trying to figure out and telling God, like, hey, will you help me with this? God saying, God, what should I be doing today? Yeah. yeah, God, yeah. What should I be doing today? And when he tells you, you have to do it, but here's the thing. You're not going to always feel like you're qualified to do it the same mm. way that Moses is like, how am I going to lead these yeah, people? Like right, right. <laughs> me? Like, no, you got the wrong person. Like you're going to have to get somebody else. Like yeah. you got the wrong person, yeah. but he prepares us and his grace comes in and works through us, but we have to be obedient because yeah. Things will seem so much bigger to us, but that's why I say like, I have like four steps to creating a new belief. And I think that can help you get into flow over striving. Part of it is really not focusing on your own strength Uh and focusing on allowing, you know, Jesus to be your yoke. He wants to be that for you. Yeah. So you just mentioned you've got four steps to creating a new belief. I'd love to hear what those are, because I, I think that there's a lot of times that we we know that we've got to change a belief, but we don't necessarily know how to do it. So I, you know, t- I'd love to kind of hear your, your steps. Yeah. So the, the first thing is you just have to have a desire or some inspiration. So it comes in, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so so I um, 
I used to say, I'm not a runner. Like, I don't like running. I'm not going to run. Like it was, it was not my thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I ended up at this K love event and it was a fit essay event and they were running a 5k and I'm like looking around and I'm like, where are the runners? Like people just look like me. They just look yeah. like everyday people. And I like quickly realized, Oh, runners are just everyday people. I didn't realize this. Mm. And you know, we're at this booth and they're like, okay, well, we have about 30 minutes till we, we, the runners will be back. And I'm like, well, can I run? And they're mm. like, yeah. So, right. So I was inspired. So I just took off running in that moment. <laughs> wow. So the next step is the second step is to commit. Yeah. So you have this inspiration a few weeks later, I woke up and I'm like, I'm going to run a marathon. Uh, and uh -huh. My husband's like, oh, this is the next crazy thing we're going to do. I'm like, yep, this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We're going to run a marathon. Right. And, and I went from not being a runner to now I'm going to run a marathon. So I have this inspiration. Now I have to commit to this. Mm -hmm. The third step is to have a plan. Well, okay. I only know one person that ever run a ran a marathon, my cousin Linda. So I called her and I just said, what, what am I, I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, right. And she's like, well, you need a training plan. And yeah. so she hooked me up with some guy like, that had one online. I found one online. The fourth step is to take action on that plan. Yeah. And so four and a half months later, I ran the marathon. Mm. You have to consistently take that action. I had to get up each yeah. day yeah. to take the action. I did not know how I was going to run 26.2 miles. I didn't know how I was going to run four miles. I didn't know how I was going to run three miles a month before, right? Like yeah. I had no clue. Sure. I didn't understand anything about running shoes. I didn't understand <laughs> chasing. I, oh, I, didn't, yeah. I, I, there was cramping. There Fun was stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There were so many things that I needed to learn, but you know what? The challenges presented themselves. Like when I hit yeah. the 10 mile mark and my legs hurt so bad mm. that I couldn't even walk. That was the day I was introduced to running shoes. Now I yeah. only wear running shoes. Yeah. And, and, but this is, we could use this for any belief, right? Yeah. And once, once you go through that process, you have that desire, you commit, you mm -hmm. make a plan and you take action, mm -hmm. your, your belief will become stronger. And so you start with the belief really, right? Because yeah. it's kind of like in my career, okay, I can do this thing now. You have to yeah. kind of start with the belief, mm -hmm. but you don't have to see it happen. You just have to yeah. like have that seed of belief. Right. And then right. once you follow the four steps, the belief has grown and it's even stronger because now you're like, you know, I know I could run a marathon. I'm not going to run a marathon every day, but I could, I could if I really yeah. wanted to. Well, and I think that it, you know, and this may be paraphrasing your four steps, but the first step, it starts with belief. It And it seems counterintuitive, but you have to see yourself as a person who could dot, 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 whatever it is. That, so I, I am, you know, we, we know about our I am statements. I am someone who could do this. And looking at it from that perspective, and when we start with that and see ourselves, even be, before we actually believe it, maybe, but we see ourselves as that, that's when the, the process starts, right? That, that is absolutely it. Yeah. And I teach that, that the, I am affirmations. It's part of the journal. It's part it. of the book. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's part of what we need to do. So when you say, I am a runner, even though you're like, well, am I really a runner? Well, yeah, you're going to be. So I am a runner. Like just yeah, start yeah. owning that right now. You will figure out how to get to the end line, but you yeah. have to start. And I think so oftentimes, David, we get that inspiration and yeah. we get that desire, but then something comes in and steals it. Yeah. Like if we yeah. don't act on it and that's why it's really important. Like you don't wait, you can't say, well, well, when I know, or when, mm -hmm. if I can, or it's, so you can't think about everything else around it being mm -hmm. possible. You have to just, you have to take hold of that desire, that inspiration, that moment of belief, as you said, because if you don't, it will flee, it will go yeah. away. You won't have it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have to, we have to act on those things. I, I, I totally, totally on board with that. Let's go back to your, your book for a second though, and talk a little bit about transforming your career. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's geared towards women, but I know, you know, men could benefit as well. So what are some practical steps that, you know, people can take to really transform their career and, and really fulfill their why and, and their purpose? Yeah, that, that's a great question, David. So, uh, so here's what I say. Career advancement looks a lot like this. Like you go into your manager's office, you're like, hey, what can I get? What can yeah. I get? Or you're waiting, or maybe, you know, mm. you're doing one of the two. You're either going in saying, what can I get? Or you're waiting for either a position to open up, or you're waiting for someone to say, hey, you're right for this position. Here it is. 
And that's not really taking control of your career. Uh, who knows where you're going to end up? You mm-hmm. are at the helm of everybody. Like who, who knows? I even just realized we're, we sold our house during COVID and we're in a rental right now. <laughs> and they just told us like we were supposed to get to extend and now they just told us we have to leave. So oh, wow. after this, I'll be looking at houses, uh, but I'm just <laughs> trusting, goodness. trusting Jesus. Like Jesus, yeah. take the wheel. March 31st, we have to be moved out. But I share mm. this because I realized I'm like, Mary, you could have been making your plan. Why did you wait for these people? You could have found another house. You could have been renting. You could have been looking for a house to buy. You could Mm. have been in control. So you can't be a victim. Taking responsibility. You have to take responsibility. Mm. Like, like, of course, these people don't care where you live. Right. You care where you live. Like, (laughs) so the same thing with your career, like other people are not going to care about your career the way that you do. And Mm -hmm. so you can't. And sometimes we think, I know, especially when I was first married, I just thought my husband should know everything I was thinking and everything I wanted <laughs> and, and how he should be acting. Of course. Your manager's the same way, right? We think, well, they'll know I want to advance. I'm doing a good job. They'll know. No, yeah. they won't know. <laughs> and you're right, David, the plans work for men and women. But yeah. if you are a woman, they really won't know. There's a right. thing called maternal bias. And so if you're engaged or married, you, you already face maternal bias before even mm. having a children. They're, they're already like, well, they're going to want to raise a family. Yeah. It's just an unconscious thought. It's, it's just part of our makeup. But so what I teach is don't go in like this, mm. right? Mm. And don't expect your manager to know what you want. You have mm. to make it vocal and known. And so there's seven steps to the promotion planning process that I teach. The mm-hmm. first step is creating a journey, like mm. where, like mapping out where do you want to be over the next five years yeah. with the, within the organization? What does that look like? Or what are the next five positions that you want to have? Mm-hmm. And not only what is that position, but what are the responsibilities of that position? Uh, yeah. And what training do you need? A lot of times things are really scary to us because we're like, we don't, we just don't know. Kind of like me in the running. Sure. I didn't know what it was to be a runner, but yeah. if you now set this map up for yourself and you say, Hey, I want to be, this is kind of where I want to go. Yeah. And then don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself to open positions. Who knows? You put that intention and belief out there. The position right. could open up and don't even limit yourself to positions that exist within the company. That's one thing that my clients do, David, is they actually create new positions Ah, in their companies. Okay. Yeah. So they create positions that they really truly want, which brings yeah. more fulfillment at work. Mm-hmm. So you lay that out. The second step is to show appreciation. Mm. And so I teach you to write an appreciation letter. Um, so to whoever's going to be in the meeting, and I suggest having more than one manager or boss in there, have at least two, I suggest if possible, Sure. but lay out, what have you appreciated about them? their yeah. leadership style sure. um, or, you know, what opportunities have you had that you really, really like doing mm-hmm. and lay that out in your appreciation letter. The third nice. step that we teach is to own your accomplishments, yeah, <laughs> especially yeah. as women. We don't want it. We're like, well, it was kind of a team effort. Okay. Everybody did. No, you have yeah. to own, own your it. accomplishments. Yeah. And what we think is like, mm, well, our manager will know, but what, what the studies show is that, we only remember people's accomplishments. We only remember like the last 30 days. Right, right. Unfortunately, our mistakes are remembered longer, but our accomplishments, <laughs> only 30 days. Only 30 days. <laughs> so you want to really lay those out for at least the last year, if mm-hmm. not longer. Yeah. And, you know, c- can you quantify them at all? That's mm. really helpful if you can, but don't, yeah. don't overthink. I think sometimes people are like, oh, that, that just seems so simple. Like one time I was working in a restaurant and I, I put flowers in the bathroom. <laughs> and yeah. it seems like something so simple, but it's like, uh, it, it like totally changed the feel of the bathroom. Sure. And if I was promotion planning at the time, I'd probably put that down because my boss would have experienced that. And they would have like, also, if I was talking to my regional manager, he would have been in other bathrooms and been like, yeah, you do have the best bathrooms. Like, like look <laughs> yeah. at you, like you go, yeah. like, you know, yeah. it's something so simple, but so mm-hmm. don't, don't think simple is, is necessarily bad. Yeah. And then we move into the, the fourth part, which is what I call the heart of the plan, which is the problems to solve in the ideas section. And mm. this is where you get to lay out that strategic vision that you have for the future. Mm-hmm. And strategy strategy can be like scary, David, because you're yeah. like, well, how, how do I know what executive strategy is? Well, look at the problems that you have, right? What right. are the problems you have? Solve right. the problems. That's, that's yeah. the easiest thing to do. And we, you want to lay those out thoughtfully. 
Why is it needed? What's needed, right? Mm -hmm. Bring in solutions. So when you go into your manager's office, they get, cause they're, we always think, well, our manager should fix this. Our manager should fix this. Well, they probably don't even know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I use a simple example in the book. I talk about painting a front door, but the manager could come in the back door and never see the front door, yeah. right? Like the, or your boss, like they may never, they may never go that area. Um, so it may never occur to them that this is a, that this is a problem. Um, and so just solving those things. And I once had a client actually, uh, he, uh, he was expressing like they had a bunch of geese in this area and they were leaving a mess everywhere. And he was so frustrated because he would come in every day and like nothing was cleaned up or nothing was done. How happy would he be if somebody presented him a plan and said, look, we have this geese problem. Here's how we should fix it. Let's Is fix it. it. Yeah. Right. He would have been so happy. So we think these small <laughs> things don't matter, but they do. But yeah, but lay out all your strategic vision, not just in your department, but in other departments, if you see it, mm -hmm. your job isn't to have to implement all these things, but you need to get the ball rolling. Sure, sure. And then the fifth thing you want to do is you want to put together a personal development and growth plan. So okay. express to your manager how you want to grow. I suggest yeah. picking two to four areas mm -hmm. and then outline all the different areas. What, what do you want to do? How are you going to accomplish that? Um, and then research into it, right? How much does it cost? Yeah. And, and no, because a lot of times you can get your manager to invest into you after putting one of mine together, I got to become part of the John Maxwell team. Oh, nice. I didn't yeah. even know what I was getting myself into, but it changed my world. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And then a year later, I got my whole team to come to yeah. the whole John Maxwell thing. So it was great. Amazing. But so put your personal development together. Then you want to do salary research. You need to know what your worth is in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. I was speaking with a woman recently going into a new role. And when we got on the phone, she said, okay, I want to make like five grand more than what I was making before. That would be really good for my family. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, that's great. And we should figure out what your market value is because you could yes. be undervaluing yourself. Yes. And what we know is women are paid between 18 and 20% less than men. Mm -hmm. And part of it is, the way we value ourselves mm -hmm. and not negotiating. And we know that this is true because when women start to go into career fields where the pay is higher and there's mm -hmm. more women now in those fields, the average pay lowers. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because we value ourselves less. So, so you got to know what your value is. And so you can use yeah. online resources like payscale.com, indeed.com, glassdoor.com. Mm -hmm. Do you want to look up what, what your average pay is? And then if there's nothing there that's really tangible, you need to find an industry leader. You can, you know, connect with somebody after the woman I was helping connected with somebody, she found out that she should be making about 20 grand more than what she was asking for. Wow. And she was only going to shoot for five. So she was yeah. really shortchanging herself. Uh, yeah. So amazing. we taught her how to, you know, approach them and put her, put it, put in a range, <laughs> give them a range, but always give a range where you'd be happy with the low end. Sure. And so she did this. And she, she walked away with 20 grand more Amazing. in her salary That's awesome. just for like three coaching calls. So it's yes, like I love it. knowing your value, you have yeah. to know your value and that is your value. But we have this tendency, David, to say, well, my value is what I made previously. My value is what mm. covers my expenses. Mm -mm. Well, I was a mom and I stayed at home. So I'm not that valuable. Or I was a military spouse and I was at home. So I'm not mm. that. No, you are so valuable. Absolutely. You deserve the market price for the position. Yeah. Your, your previous pay is not an indicator of what your future pay has to be. I love the that. same way. You know, if you're an executive in a company and you go get another job, they're not going to pay you the same amount because that was your old job. They're going to pay you what the position's worth. Right. So use that to your advantage when you're moving up. And the last thing you want to do is you just want to make a closing and you hmm. want to make sure that you state clearly the advancement that you want in there. So do you want a certain position, that's the time to list it. And you just want to make sure it's so crystal clear and you can either list what you want as far as pay goes, or you can just say, Hey, I want to have a conversation about compensation. And, and that's yeah. how I teach people to do their promotion planning. And you just yeah. put an hour on the schedule with your managers and you, you go in and you talk about those ideas and they're going to see you in a whole different light because yes. especially for women, and this works for men, men, it works sure. beautifully for men. They've, they've had great success with this, sure, sure. but for women, there's performance bias that happens. Yep. And what that basically says is that, um, and then there's affinity bias and there's attribution bias, but all of these biases kind of tell us that women's work isn't valued as highly. 
Mm. And it also tells us that we're not actually seen for future roles until we can do the position. And see, I didn't know that at the time. So when I was team member of the year, when these things were happening, it's like, these probably are just these unconscious biases. My managers didn't even know they were having. They were just like, do the position, then you can have it. They didn't say no, necessarily. They said not right yet. But through this process, you can break down all these barriers because now you've shown your strategic vision. Mm -hmm. You've shown the value you've already added to the company. You're really clear on what you want. So when you go Mm -hmm. into negotiate, you're going to have a really firm negotiation. You're going to be able to know reasonably if you'd go out into the market, what you could make. And it just transforms the way people could think about career advancement. And now David, you don't have to sit there and just be like, well, maybe they'll pick me. I'm so frustrated. Why aren't they picking me? Yeah, or, you yeah. know, going in and just saying, because that's the other thing, and we don't have time to go over it now, but I talk about 10 reasons why in the book, you know, 10 of the mistakes women make when asking for advancement, because how you ask matters. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, and, and let me just say the name of the book too. So, and, and I want to encourage people to go out and, and get the book. Uh, it's called God's Not Done With You, How to Advance in Your Career and live in abundance. So before I, I ask you this question, I, I want to say that I, I think that there are three things as, as you're talking about your, you know, your seven um, steps. I, I think that first and foremost, taking agency and, and knowing that I have control of my career and I can control my com- career is first and foremost, and, and knowing that. And then secondly, having a vision, I think you know, that agency and then having a vision for my career and then understanding my value. I think to me, those three things, when you combine that and recognize, you know, your value and that can take you to where you want to go using those seven steps that you just outlined in there in your book. Um, it's, I, I think that's a, you know, just a magical thing. And so I, I, I really appreciate, um, you know, you talking about this. And, and so my question is then is where do people get your book? Where can, where's the best place that they can go to buy your book? Yeah. So the book is on Amazon. We have it either in the Kindle or the hard copy or the paperback. So yeah, you can awesome. pick it up there. Um, and David, I know we were talking about this earlier, but it's not just for women, right? right? Or not yes. even just for men in careers, but you were saying yeah. you have two daughters. I do. And, yes. and that's exactly it, right? Like yeah. you want to be giving great advice to your daughters, to your spouse. And yes. it's like, how do you make sure that you have the most informed information? Because those are the people that you really care about and love. And it's like, yeah. the system's broken. Well, maybe we can't fix the whole system, but can we help our family? Yeah. Thrive? I love that, Mary. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing, you know, with the audience. I, I think this is a real area that we can all grow in, men and women, and really being able to to talk about this aspect of of our lives. This is, you know, our career advancement and how how do we make it happen? How do we, you know, grow in that area? So, thank you. Thanks for writing the book, and thanks for for sharing with the audience today. Any last words that you know would help just kind of put a bow on on our conversation? Yeah, just just believe in yourself. And Mm. if you are a follower, then Mm. just follow God and Mm. believe in yourself. He believes in you and you're just one plan away from your next promotion. I believe in you. Uh, I love that, Mary. Well, thanks again. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. I really enjoyed that conversation and and I really love um, hearing people's growth journeys. And one of the things that I like to do here at the end is just recap a few of my takeaways from that conversation. And I guess one of the biggest ones that I took away from the conversation was really at the beginning of the conversation when Mary talked about her biggest growth catalyst, and that was to understand how our minds work. You know, when you understand the mind, you can really, really take the limits off of your life. And I have to say that Paul Martinelli goes into a great depth on day one at Turning Point about taking the limits off of your life and and understanding the beliefs that are driving our behavior um, at, at Turning Point. And so if, if you want to have that same growth catalyst for yourself, understanding your mind better, uh, I, I just want to invite you here uh, to Turning Point. DavidMcGlennon.com forward slash Turning Point is the registration page. But the other thing that Mary talked about was limiting beliefs. And those limiting beliefs can really hold us back from doing the things that we're truly capable of in our career, in our lives. 
and the fact that what we believe, we live into. And overcoming those limiting beliefs really does take intentionality. And the tough thing is that they're all programmed into us and they're unconscious. And so we have to be able to uncover them. And it really takes intentionality to do that. The other thing I think that she shared was really important is that we've got to be able to let our guard down and, and, and allow ourselves to become aware of our biases. We, we have to want to change and we have to want to be able to understand those biases and, and become aware. And I think that the other thing that she said was really just start with yourself and, and initiate that change and accept responsibility for your biases and accept responsibility for your own career. Mary's seven steps to transforming your career um, was really, uh, those are some great steps as well at the end, um, you know, taking control of your, your career and, and actually taking responsibility for it. I think that that's the biggest thing is take responsibility, create your own agency. You can control your your, your career. Don't expect your boss uh, to, to know what your desired plan is. Create it and and take take control of it. The other thing, uh, the other step that she she said, and in in her seven steps was don't limit yourself. Um, be be thinking big. Think bigger than what maybe you even feel you're capable of at at the at the moment. Then also show appreciation. When you show appreciation and when you express gratitude for the people who you're presenting to uh, for your career plan and 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 stepping into the next place that you want to go on your career. Uh, showing appreciation for those who have helped you and have um, given you uh, what you've got so far is is such a key step. And then owning your accomplishments. I mean, I think that that's one of the hard things for both men and women is to really own our accomplishments. But then laying out your strategic vision for what you want in the future, uh, go solve problems. Find those problems that you're going to solve and bring in the solutions. I can't tell you how often I hear leaders say, you know, don't bring me problems. Bring me solutions to the problems that we have. And then when we put together, um, you know, our own personal growth plan, that that really solidifies the way we're going to step into our career. And then I, I think the other thing, uh, the, one of the other steps was just knowing your worth in the market, knowing your value and not ch- shortchanging yourself. Uh, I loved her phrase, your past pay is not an indication of your value. So true. So true. So my three takeaways at the end, I think, are just uh, good to reiterate here. Take agency of your career. Take control of it. Have a vision. Understand your value. So if you want to uncover your unconscious beliefs and really begin forming new beliefs like Mary talked about, I want to invite you to Turning Point. We're going to give you the tools that you need and, and take you through exercises that will help you build new, empowering beliefs that will advance you towards your dreams. And that registration site again is davidmclennan.com forward slash turning point. Hey, thanks so much for listening in today. And I hope this episode has really given you some fuel for growth in your career. Uh, If you do me just one quick favor, would you go out and and rate and review the podcast? It'll only take you just a moment, but just go do that. and, And that will help us to reach other leaders who really have a hunger and thirst for growth. So until next time, Keep uncovering our unconscious beliefs, stay in that growth space, and be well.